0: Hello and welcome to the Smart Podcast, offering you mentorship when and where you need it. I'm Megan Hooper, BeSmart's founder, and I'm so excited you've taken the time to listen to this podcast. I hope you find the insights and inspiration help you accomplish all of your personal and professional goals. Women represent half the population and half the U.S. labor force but only 25% of senior managers, 10% of top earners, and 6% of senior executives. We aim to change those numbers through you, the listener. So let's get started. How powerful do you feel in your everyday life? What are the factors that have made you feel disempowered, At Be Smart, we believe you can live an empowered life every day, regardless of your external circumstances. But how exactly do you do that? To explore the steps to empowerment, I asked my good friend and comedy writing partner, Reed Rickards, and Be Smart intern extraordinaire, Zoe Kaplan, to share their experiences of how they transformed disempowerment to standing in their true power. Join us as we discuss how you can live an empowered life today and every day.
1: Hello, Megan. Hello, Zoe. How are you guys doing today?
2: Hi, I'm good. How are you guys?
1: Doing really well. It's actually been a moment since we've recorded. I mean, I guess that really doesn't make much of a difference to listeners, but to us, this is great. This is a bit of a reunion. Um. (laughs)
2: Yeah, and, I'm in a totally different space. I was in my room at home now, last time we recorded, and now I'm back at school for my last year. Very different.
0: I'm still in the bathroom. Harriet's still napping.
1: <laughs> and I'm still in my childhood bedroom in my mother's house, so listen <laughs> to what I have to say. Um, um, it's so good to see you guys and to hear your voices. Um, but, Megan, I want to hear what is, at its core, Be Smart's... Uh, relationship or idea about empowerment what's just the one-liner how you would describe how be smart thinks of empowerment
0: it's a human condition to feel disempowered and want to move through to a state of empowerment um men and women feel disempowered every day um Part of that is our evolutionary makeup. The more our mind has evolved from a Neolithic survivalist place of, oh my gosh, I'm going to be eaten by a saber toothed tiger. I must quickly defend myself and hide in this cave to today where it's, I think that girl over there is talking about me and she didn't like my photo on Instagram, so I need to hide in this cave so that I'm not killed. And yeah. so what's happened is as our brains have continued to develop and evolved, our minds have gotten out of control, so much so that they override our instincts. And when your mind, when you let your mind run amok where everything is a saber toothed tiger about to attack you, where your ego is constantly jeopardized, and you play these scripts in your head like I'm not love. My family doesn't think I have potential. I am a woman. I'm breastfeeding. I'm pregnant. Therefore, I can't be the leader of the free world. Whatever that is, that then translates into your emotions, how you feel about yourself, which creates a vibration you know, vibrational aura energy, how people read you when you walk into the room. Oh, she's confident. She's not confident. And then that also translates into, um, your actions and also how your body feels. Um, obviously it's not a one-liner. I don't do one. (laughs) I don't do one-liners. That was the setup. (laughs) But, um, I talk to people all the time who have said, I just can't, I have no energy. I can't lift my head off the pillow. Well, you are depressed. So that thought, which became an emotion, is now stuck in your body and you're no longer energized and we're not living the life we're meant to be living. We're meant to be um, empowered. And and sure, there is a, um, a shadow side to all lessons, um, meaning that, you know, the pain is the first step to growth in many ways, but being stuck in the, the pain is meant to transmute into gifts, knowledge, wisdom, to evolve and to grow. Um, since we last spoke, I've been reading a few books, so I apologize if I'm using too much specific that's, vocabulary. No,
1: that's so great. I think I th- we spoke a little bit about that in our past episodes, this idea of we don't have to sit in the pain or the pain doesn't have to be this tool that we constantly use and, uh, lean on. I think Elizabeth Gilbert, my favorite, um, speaks a little bit about this too, this idea of the tortured artist. And Megan, we've spoken about this, this idea, there's this false concept that you have to be in pain and you have to be struggling to make something beautiful. And you know, that, that shadow side that you just mentioned is it can be useful, but this, Toxic idea of um, kind of being a victim is necessary to uh, create or to grow. That's so I totally disagree with that, and I think that's something that a lot of people are waking up to um, and becoming more aware of. But to kind of steal your question, Megan Zoe, how do you interact with this word "empowered," and how what do you think of when you hear that, and how do you view power?
2: empowerment to me relates a lot to confidence um, specifically in interactions with others whether it be a work environment or a social one Um, I think something for me I was always very hesitant to speak to others if I didn't like I don't like talking to strangers I never liked being the one on the phone um, or even just reaching out to people and I think that limited me a lot especially when thinking about networking or making connections Um, I never wanted to do that and I think After I went abroad in my junior, I went abroad last fall, my junior fall, and I had to talk to people in order to get around and to adjust to the new life there. And I think pushing myself out of that comfort zone there actually made me feel empowered in order to make the connections and start talking to people when I got back. So I think empowerment to me means being able to reach out to others, being having that confidence in myself that it's okay if I don't know exactly what to say, it's okay if I don't know where I'm going or if I need to ask for help, you can still be empowered and ask for help. And I think that's what it looks like to me.
1: For sure. I love the practicality there of just, <laughs> if you aren't empowered, you can't navigate. I, I feel like for me, power is something uh, with my Christian upbringing, I, oh, there's this very archaic idea of like power, God, um, almost like Greek gods' idea, of power, lightning bolts out of fingertips, or kind of like a dirty word, like money. Mm. Um, <laughs> for me, at least, like associating money as uh, not everybody associates money and uh, I, I, they don't think of that as a dirty word. But for me, it's this sort of thing. It's best not to desire it. Um, I think, though, as Megan, we we mentioned this during one of our first episodes, this idea of who you are in your uh, community, who you are in your family. For me, I'm the youngest of five kids. And I think when I started to become a little bit more, um, when I grew up a little bit, I realized like, oh, I'm very much still viewed as the youngest. And um, that totally influenced how I interacted in a work environment, going out into um, work environments. And I was like, man, I'm really apologizing for everything. I'm really um, deferring to others, and really being like, oh, well, they know better. Oh, well, they, they're, they've been here longer. And that's nice, You're viewed, you can be viewed as saint-like and meek and Christ-like even, but that can really take its toll on you. Um, and I, I think I've learned recently um, how empowerment, it's not just about you, it's about others. It's really giving your gifts to others and being empowered to help others. Um, it's not about creating this status for yourself to where you can just take all that you need. It's empowering yourself to take a place where you can give and really offer your gifts. So that's my relationship with that word and that idea as it stands right now.
0: That's really interesting, Reed, that where you're coming from is that power, having it, wanting it, is sort of a dirty little word. Mm -hmm. Women's uh, fourth wave of feminism, we hear the word empowerment all the time. Be Smart is a women's empowerment company. Um, And so we have a lot of women who feel disempowered, they recognize that, they want to be empowered, but I wonder if how many of them, what's holding them back, is this subconscious view that power really is a little bit dirty. It's a little bit wrong. It's not right. If you're, It's not feminine. Um, it's not ladylike. The first thing I really want people to know about power and empowerment is that your true nature, who you are before everyone else cast you in a role in your family or in society in the play of life, who you are your true essence is very powerful. You are meant to be powerful. You're meant to be at peace. You're meant to feel loved, accepted, and you're meant to sit in the middle of your power. Um, The fact that you feel disempowered certainly has and may have come from external forces, the way people treated you, talked to you, looked at you. But the path to becoming empowered, the path to being empowered again, is one that is not dependent on the people around you. That by you changing those thoughts, how you live, how and therefore how you move through life, you are 100% in charge and responsible for the degree of power you feel. And I know this is probably really touchy, especially juxtaposed against the Me Too movement, sexual harassment, um, male abuses of power. And obviously, I have experienced all sorts of those things um, because I'm a woman. (laughs) Um, um, But I also know it's true that I sat in the driver's seat of my empowerment and it was overcoming those subconscious messages about the role I should play or shouldn't play and determining what powerful meant and how to sit in my power. So I want people to know and to hear that being empowered or disempowered doesn't sit in the hands of someone else. It um, it sits in your hands. It's a gift we have to open every day, and just people just don't necessarily open it.
2: I think something that really inspired me was is the idea that you're saying it's like it's not what's around you that's making that has control over you because i think so often we let what's happening around us control how we feel and it does affect definitely but knowing that it kind of starts from within and i think we we're talking about this with vision and purpose like what we want to be starts from us it doesn't start from what's around us and while those factors definitely can affect us they don't have to control us and i think that's kind of inspiring to anyone so knowing that no matter where you are you can start doing and start feeling how you want to because it starts within you. And that's kind of the message I take away from that.
1: Absolutely. I feel like a word that is coming to mind too is authenticity. Nothing is more powerful than your true self. And, um, you know, you don't have to put on other people's ideas of powerful or um, effectiveness, but really that homework that you're talking about, Zoe, that we've talked about in past episodes of really getting to the core of who you are um, Megan, what you talked about, who who your true essence before you were cast. Um, and that's something for me as i've as I've begun the process of empowering myself, um, I've really found a lot of times, it's the first shaky steps. It doesn't feel super powerful at first. It can feel really uncomfortable. Um I'm somebody who definitely struggles with anxiety at times, and in the past, absolutely, I've struggled even more so. Um, And I've spoken a lot to Megan personally as we're good friends and, you know, I have gotten such great advice on how to really empower myself in the workplace and um, within school and interacting with teachers. And um, a lot of times it feels really, it's like Bambi legs, you know, like you're still learning and it can feel really uncomfortable at first because you're used to interacting and navigating in a way of maybe belittling yourself Um, Because that's how you learn to interact with people Um, or just acting small um, or just kind of coding everything in this sort of like apologetic, um, you know, nice guy or nice girl um, persona because that's what's kind of had to work for you in the past. And um, I feel like I I, I would imagine a lot of people would feel that way when they start this process of empowering themselves. It's gonna be a little shaky at first. And, you know, you're gonna stand up to that coworker, stand up to that manager. And you know, it's okay if your hands are a little bit shaky and your voice cracks a little bit. That's normal, you know? It's it's the warming up.
2: Yeah, I think that discomfort is something that Megan, you were talking about a little bit in the mentorship notes about empowerment. You talk about stillness. I was wondering if you could speak a little bit to that like when you're trying to first become empowered, you look to your body first to check how your body's feeling. And sometimes yeah. there's pain and discomfort in that.
0: Well, stillness, power of now, becoming present, is, is the best thing that you could ever do. It is actually for your evolution to grow as a human being. It's all in the stillness, which is why religions have created um, a structure around being still. So when you enter the shadow side of any experience, I feel disempowered, I feel a little sad, I feel insecure, I feel jealous, whatever, you know, and how do you take that shadow side, that lower level of feeling, and have it evolve into the gift, into the wisdom it's meant to be? Um, well, it happens when you're still. And I don't know if it's stillness per se, but it's actually relaxing and Opening. So when you take a deep breath, when you allow your muscles to expand, when you allow just your your solar plexus to expand and relax, that's when pain and hurt. Um, it, it releases. It's when it actually leaves your body. So whether you're dealing with um, grief for something that's happened, when you relax and you're still into that grief and you feel it, it actually comes up and out and it leaves. Um, and if it's fear or anxiety, talking to an intimidating teacher or boss, you're literally physically opening and expanding you are changing that fear and anxiety is becoming courage um, and wisdom in that moment so that's when you change as a person it's when you relax and that's in the present moment It's when your mind is still so you can be walking and doing this Um, meditation is just a tool for for that relaxation but as a mom of a toddler who's pregnant I don't. <laughs> I have lost my time frame to meditate, but I can relax and open and expand while I'm cleaning up her lunch, um, and that is when I'm changing as a person. It's transmuting into the person that I could be. Um, so the stillness is key. But you, what you say, Zoe, about the physical component is that while it starts with a thought that influences your emotions and then you feel it in your body, if you then check in with your body. Where am I tense in my stomach? Am I not breathing? It takes the reverse pattern. Let me relax my stomach. Let me relax my breathing. Those emotions unwind. And as a result, your thoughts eventually change. So it's the process of change. It's the pattern of change. It's where change happens.
1: At the risk of being a tad melancholic or negative, (laughs) as I typically am. Risk it. um, I want to ask you to especially... Um, about a time that you felt the most disempowered, um, and what would you, what advice would you give to yourself in that moment now, with everything you know now and how you've grown? Zoe. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's I'm putting you on the spot. Sorry.
2: I think what really helped me is kind of what I was talking about earlier: is learning that asking for help is okay. Hmm. Um, I think checking in with myself and realizing. I like to be in control and realizing that I might not be able to be in control of something if I don't know how to do it or if I feel lost. I'm kind of, I feel disempowered when I don't know what the next step is, but just being able to ask for help or look to someone else to help me out, I think that was a time that I was able to feel empowered. So it's not relying on others as much, but relying on yourself to put yourself out there to ask for that help. Um, I think that's something that's translated even when I do have control of what's going on. So I work for the newspaper at my school and I've felt times when I felt really disempowered with my section because I'm like, I have control of this section, but I don't know what we should do next. I feel really overwhelmed. And when I asked for help in terms of delegating what my responsibilities were, I think that's when I started to feel empowered, even if I wasn't doing as much or taking as much responsibility, having that control to work with others to collaborate um, to ask for their help actually helped me in return
1: that's beautiful I love how you're you are empowered to the end of being vulnerable like I like how that's the result of your empowerment it kind oh. of is that's the an, the antidote to my idea of empowerment or power being a dirty word because that's such a beautiful thing to come out of your power
2: Right. Yeah. It's not something that I ever expected to happen. Honestly, I thought, oh, I just have to be able to do everything for myself. I have to know what's going on. Um, But it's not like that. And that version of empowerment isn't what I imagined, but it's something that I've really come to love.
0: Well, that's also socialized too. So much of our level of how we feel empowered or disempowered is a reflection of what we look like and what people in society, the roles they play in society and how they, if they look like us, um, therefore the roles they're playing um, is the role we should play. And then that's when we feel disempowered because that's not necessarily our authentic self. Um, to answer your question, Reed, I would say all things that have to do with being pregnant, breastfeeding and having a baby are my most disempowering experiences. Mm. Cause to me, <clears throat> working on Wall Street, working with hedge funds, working with people who were worth a lot of money and being exposed to that world. To, um, to me, power was male of the yin and the yang. It was money, power, male, aggressive, assertive. And I took on that role and those characteristics while I worked in finance for 10 years. And I loved playing that part. And I felt a lot of self-esteem and I was very comfortable being male um and feeling powerful and so when i got to the feminine side of the energy of the yin and the yang um uh the receiving the yielding the surrendering carrying a baby going (laughs) through you know Mm -hmm. pregnancy breastfeeding c-section recovery being a a mom with a toddler all of that in my mind and in my society in my culture I don't associate any feminine energy with power. And it's so I'm scrambling. I'm like, okay, I need a boardroom and I need a jacket with a strong <laughs> sh- you know, shoulder pad. And I need <sighs> dollars and cents. And it's crazy too. I felt very powerless mm. because women the physical pregnancy with the breastfeeding, all of that, I felt physically disempowered and just socially and culturally with that role, I felt like it was a weak role in my society and I, I did feel inferior. And so I'm learning um, what does it mean to be powerful with that feminine side and the balance of the yin and the yang, the male and the female. And I'm I'm still learning it.
1: And I think not to project on your experience, <laughs> but I think it's very possible that these are things that, I mean, these are very real archetypes that you're being confronted with when you are pregnant. There's all of this societal, um, all these societal ideas of what it is to be a pregnant woman and being, you know, maybe your experience and how you viewed that and how you've heard people interact with the idea of being pregnant has been this sort of um, way in which it seems very disempowering. Um, I know a lot of women who have felt the opposite you know they feel beautiful and productive and just at their best. So it is such a specific thing. I think empowerment and the struggle to feel empowered is such a personal um, individualized thing. I I have to check my own assumptions too because when I asked that question, I was a bit nervous because I assumed um, that it would be a sort of I was expecting a, an answer with, you know, maybe a man crossing a line or saying something in a bar, all of these sort of <laughs> archetypes. They're, so, they're
0: not talking to me at bars anymore, really. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but I just think it's, I'm really, it was like, wow, like this is so great that these are, I think it's, it's a sign of progress. And I think it's interesting hearing your answers. I was thinking about my own, probably most disempowering situation. And it was a little bit more archetypal female and It was actually I was essentially verbally assaulted by a woman in um, a Barnes and Noble of all places, <laughs> my my sanctuary, um, and the teen paranormal romance section. It was the <laughs> dark time in my life. Um, but yeah, that was the this is the only time I've grown up in Virginia Beach, very religious area. Pat Robertson is down the street, running to him at dinner all the time. Um, And not personal dinner, it's like Applebee's. (laughs) Um,
0: Pat Robertson's having dinner at Applebee's? Yes,
1: I can confirm. I can (laughs) confirm.
0: This needs to go on TMZ.
1: Yes. Um, And it's interesting. It's the only time in my whole life I've been called, you know, any sort of gay slur. And I grew up in a pretty rough conservative church, religious church. Um, And it was so humiliating that my result was anxiety, fear in um, shame. I took all of that on. And I remember speaking to my sister afterward, who lived in Philadelphia for eight years. And I remember her being so angry. And I could visualize how she would have responded. It would have been very, very impressive. It would have made for great TV. Probably like, it, like I can imagine like a Jennifer Lawrence type character, you know, grabbing this woman and you know, I don't know. But for me, I think the advice I would give to myself now is to not try to like, imitate what you think is powerful, or what's empowering, or how, oh, you know, I should be able to not let that hurt my feelings. I should be in this place of, you know, I should be able to clap back at her or, you know, have a really smart answer and just hit her with a zinger. I don't know. And for me, I think it's kind of starting with my authenticity. And now I would look back and be like, wow, you know, use your sensitivity, use your feelings, use your kindness and maybe just respond authentically and just be like wow i you know you are very hateful i'm so sorry you know allow yourself the creativity and the power to be yourself even in those moments that you just feel so inadequate and so unprepared Mm -hmm. um that's I think through the work that I've done by working alongside Be Smart and being Megan's friend, I think it's been a journey and I'm way more empowered now than I was five years ago. And that's what I've learned. And I think that's what I love about Be Smart and what we, the discussions we have here and the the materials. It's not about uh, creating this false empowerment or false sense of purpose. It's not about getting the answer at the back of the book. It's about looking inside and casting yourself and knowing yourself and being yourself.
0: Well, the truth is, is that that process of going from the shadow side of any experience to the gift, to the, to the, to the enlightened self, to the empowered self, I think that evolves as long as we're in the earth school to borrow um, Gary Zukav's words. I'm like, 20 years of being raised on oprah winfrey so all my references are her guests (laughs) um but um you know i think as long as we're in the earth school we are confronted with shadow sides no matter how enlightened we are where it brings up new things as opportunities to relax to open, be vulnerable, to breathe and to change, to evolve in that moment, to let go of the fear and hurt. And that's the thing to take it back to the beginning of the conversation for, um, for the, with the temptation to dwell in the pain or dwell mm-hmm. in the uh, misogyny that you're experiencing, um, that um, these things can, are one and done. When you release the pain and the hurt that you have had that happened when you were six or eight or last week, when you release it, it's gone forever. So you can actually release pretty efficiently. It comes up and out. The, the more you can kind of practice this sense of vulnerability, openness, I think it's a physical sensation of being relaxed and, 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 and expanded, open. Um, it's one and done. And, and we cling to pain because we think it's familiar. Change is scary. Um, but I'm here to tell you that you can, you can change. You can release your fears. You can release your anxieties. Um, and you can be lighter. You can have more energy every day. And it is a, it's a one and done thing with each hurt. Now more might come up from the earth school. Um, we, we are, broken people in a broken world but i think that our light expands um our vibration increases um with each release and no one can touch that no matter who they are Um, and that's what i want for for you guys and all be smart members
1: absolutely wow this was such a great conversation um you know i'm thinking myself about ways that i can continue to let go and um really uh open that door in myself by letting go of those things and allow more space for that empowerment and the other things that are to come and all of the growing opportunities that don't have to be the what do you keep saying the shadow experiences the shadow
0: the shadow side so yeah
1: like they are gonna they are going to come but there also can be wonderful beautiful learning experiences that happen you know, without that pain. And I think by letting go of that pain, you're, you know, making more room for those as well. That's what I'm going to focus on. Thank you guys for this beautiful uh, eye opening, body opening, spirit opening discussion. And what do we have coming up next week? Support. Support. I'm looking forward to that one because I need it.
0: Oh no, it's about giving it. Oh
1: no. (laughs) Well,
2: maybe we can give it to you. Thank
1: you. (laughs) All right. Until next week, you guys.
0: You've been listening to the Be Smart Podcast, providing you mentorship when and where you need it. For more information on this series, to watch the masterclass video, read the mentorship notes, or fill out the Be Smart workbook, visit besmartguide.com mentorship to start your seven-day free trial. And if you're a fan of this podcast, be sure to rate, review, and share with your friends. See you next week.